episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast, and um, and I have a, a story to tell to start off the show, because I, I, I teased you in a text message about this story, but I was like, I'm going to save it for the podcast, because <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty wild, man, like, because, you know, we discuss movies, and in movies, you know, things happen that are a little bit questionable, or sometimes out of this world, or whatever, mm-hmm. so, you know, or, or movies address your greatest fear sometimes, and things like that, and um so I had a, a doctor's appointment Wednesday for my eyes, and uh, I parked in the parking garage, took the elevator down, went to my appointment, and, you know, three hours later, I'm leaving, and I uh, I go back to the elevator, and I get in, and I, I hit the button, and the door closes, just like elevator should, and, you know, there's no one else in the elevator, so I kind of lean back and, and uh, realize after a few seconds that the elevator's not moving. Like, okay, this is weird. So I hit the button, still not moving. Hit the button again, still not moving. And I'm like, at this point, things are setting in like something's not right. You know, and I'm like, oh, so I'm man. hitting all the other buttons. Go to any floor, go to some floor, just make the fucking elevator move, right? <laughs> Nothing's happening. At this point, now it's a few seconds later. This all felt like 15 minutes. It was probably only a minute. <laughs> but <laughs> panic starts setting in. You know, and, and you, you know, you get in a situation and your, your thought is, oh, I, I can handle, I can be tough. No, there's like this natural panic that sets in. Know how calm and cool you are, especially if you're claustrophobic, which I am, and it's 100 degrees outside. I'm like, fuck, I'm stuck in elevator. I'm trying to, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the fucking door open. It's not yeah. happening. I'm like, what is going on here? You're like, by the you power of gray skull. Yeah. You don't Opening even think, it up. like, oh, you have your phone in your pocket. You could call a phone number, you know, but you don't even think about that. So I'm like, what do I do? Like, so I start looking at the elevator buttons. I'm like, oh, there's a phone button here. Let me push this and see what happens. And it rings, what felt like an eternity, and rings and rings and rings. And an automated message comes on. I'm like, what? There's no person. <laughs> Where's a, I'm like, uh, we will be right with you shortly. Is basically what it says. And so it's playing and elevator what, music. What feels like forever. I hear someone pick up a phone, but they don't say anything. I'm like, hello, hello. No one says anything. I'm like, fuck, man, right? But all of a sudden, the doors just open up. Whoa. And lights were flashing. So I step outside, and the other two elevators that are next to me are all open, too, and lights flashing. I'm just like, okay, I'm at least I'm out. I'm walking my fat ass up the stairs. Screw this elevator shit. <laughs> and, um, so I still don't know exactly what happened. I don't know what was going on. I don't know who was on the other side of that phone. Um, Chuck maybe was, Norris. Maybe it was God himself or Chuck could, Norris. Yeah, one and of the they two. decided to open the door for me and allow me to get out. But, man, uh, it freaked me out, man, because I'm like, I'm claustrophobic. Like I said, I'm a little claustrophobic. I've never had that before. It's like a, it's like a nightmare scenario. You're like, what do I do? Because, you know, you see in the movies, like, they climb out the, the fucking light yeah, at the speed. top, right? Yeah. You know how hard that is to fly? You know how hard that really is to climb out the top of elevator? You have to be Dude, really strong. That's tall, man. That's yes, it, and you yeah. have to be strong to pull your body up. Mm-hmm. And most people can't do that, but in the movies they make it look so easy. It's oh not yeah, that easy as climb out of an elevator. It's easy you know, for Keanu. You that's know, right? I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to have a John <laughs> McClane situation here and having to climb out of an elevator. And um, so it was. Um, it freaked me out. The whole doctor visit had some surreal moments. Okay, and to rewind a little bit when I first got there. I'm, I'm, I've been to the hospital before, but I had not been to that location for this eye doctor. Yeah. So I went I went to the wrong building first, right? So I walk in. It's very quiet. There's no one else in this building. 
and I see this utility person cleaning the restroom. And she turns around, and my first thought is, you're really way too hot to be cleaning a toilet. I mean, she was really pretty. And I was like... You walked onto a set of some sort. right? Yeah. And I, and, and <laughs> I asked filming her, I said, something over there. I said, do you know which address this is? And she's, oh, yeah, it's right over there. It's the building by the Wells Fargo. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I went and I moved my car over there to the other garage where the correct building was. And, and, uh, and, and that was my first thought when I first got there. I'm like... Wow, she was really, really pretty, and she's cleaning toilets. It just didn't seem right. And I'm not degrading her job because there's nothing wrong with anything. Anyone deserves to have a job or yeah, do whatever they feel. But I just feel like she could have been doing better. You know, I don't know. It's just my thing. <laughs> so it was just a whole surreal doctor's visit on Wednesday. It would have been really, really cool if you walked up and she's like, that's not your line. But okay, I guess I'll improvise. And then the music comes on. Pound, <laughs> that kind of it could have been that kind of movie set. It could have. And, uh, it, um, but so luckily though, I'm here to record. I'm not stuck in an elevator somewhere or suffocating in an elevator. There we go. Um, you know, I, I mean, they could still be. I could be on the news, and they're still trying to get me out. And maybe I could have made a movie about it and made millions of dollars. Man, stuck in an elevator hospital. I don't know. Yeah, it could have made headlines. Um, it was um just a bizarre middle part of the week as to what was already a long week with the kids returning to school and adjusting to new schedules and, and things like that, you know, and still dealing with this uh, horrible heat we've had in Texas. That feels mm-hmm. like talk about the elevator feeling like eternity. It feels like we've had heat for eternity. Um, we are literally living hell <laughs> for real. It it's like- hot and humid. I know, man. It's it's no bueno at all when you walk outside and your freaking nutsack just starts sweating within five minutes. You're like, this is this is not good. Then the chain sets yeah. in, and you know, and then, then your thighs hurt, and you're you know, it's just it's terrible. <laughs> and your thighs hurt, and you're yeah. chafed. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you got the mud butt, you know. We're, yeah, we're dude, man. That's not <laughs> not cool, man. You know, like, chafeness is not good. Oh. No, <laughs> chafeness. <laughs> But uh, that said, the week overall was okay. I just, uh, I'm glad I'm not stuck in an elevator. And I'm still here to podcast and to talk about it. There we go. That's um, all that matters, man. And, uh, but, you know, it was, um, man, it was like, it really was kind of like a freaky situation. Because you're like, you just, you really like, what do I do? And like, you know, and there's all kinds of buttons in the elevator. Like, what, you know, I'm hitting all of them. Nothing's working. I'm like, oh. and now I have to go back, right? Because I have to pick up my contacts and and see if they fit. The first pair probably won't fit. It always takes about two pairs. I'm yeah. like, do I park there again? Or hopefully, and not use the elevator? I have to think about this the next time I go. Because Use the stairs. Out, yeah. Most of the outside parking is always already full. You know, that time of the day. And, and yeah, I'm going to have to just, I'm definitely stairs. But what if I'm like four? It's like a five level garage. I'm not walking oh. down fucking, and and each flight is high, so it's like two levels of stairs. Sometimes three for each flight. I ain't walking yeah. down no fifteen flights of fucking stairs. Yeah, that's a that's um, a yeah, that's a workout. So hope, like this time I was only with the second row up, so it wasn't so bad. So I have to hope that I don't have to park too high up when I go back next time, or just choose to park outside and walk further. <laughs> Maybe there's that. I'll have to decide. These are choices I will have to make. Adult when choices. I, when I return to pick up my uh, my contacts. So, 
Ugh, the future. <sighs> Scary. Um, but anyway, but here we are with a new episode to talk about a fun movie to talk about today and, and talk about. Oh, definitely. And, and when it comes to things we watched um, this week, I, um, I, I, I had a, uh, a we're going to continue with some funny stuff because um, I, I saw glory this week. And that is in the that is in the hands of Jennifer Lawrence, naked on screen. Yes. Um, since you bought on your account, no hard feelings for your wife, and you watched it, and I was like, you know what? I'm not really, I'm not really a huge rom com person, but I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. I had nothing else to do. It was only an hour and forty minutes long, or whatever. And um, I watched it. It's a cute film. It's funny. It's legitimately funny in some parts, but. There's a wonderful sequence on the beach where J Law <laughs> bears it all. Yes, and I, and I, I just all I, of it. I'm, I'm being a total 18 year old pu- pu- uh, pubescent boy, and my jaw just dropped. I'm like, this is wonderful. Yes, this is fantastic. And I, and to put it in a comedy aspect, you're like, what? You know, just like do yeah, all, all these you know surprises. Things you know, just happen in that scene. You're like, wait, whoa, what? Did she just get punched in the pussy? Yeah, <laughs> she got taco yeah, chopped. Yeah, like, <laughs> and uh, it's played for laughs, but it was um, it was it was fantastic. I mean, I don't get all that worked up about nude scenes in films very much anymore because I'm trying to be a mature man, even though I'm not being very mature right now. But this was a all time classic nude scene. Yeah. It's like, she's basically like these, you know, there's a scene in the trailer um, and in the promos where she goes skinny dipping and they take her clothes and she has to run after them and get the clothes. And she's like legitimately beating the shit out of them naked. And uh, I was like, yeah, it reminded me of this guy. Oh, go, you go. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. So when I was in cross country, we used to fuck with each other. And we'd, we'd throw like ice water at each other when we're in the showers. You're just like, you know, there's yeah, a wall did. and you know yeah, someone was in the shower. Crowds, yeah. yeah. And you just dump ice water over. Well, there was this guy and he chased me and this other freshman that did it to him. He was a sophomore and he's just like letting it flop all around, chasing. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to get your ass. I was like, we're like, well, shit, this naked dude's chasing us. And I'm like, I know this feeling of being chased by a naked Jennifer Lawrence. I was chased by a naked person myself. It's, it's terrifying. You don't know what's going to happen. If they catch you, (laughs) you just keep running. (laughs) I could, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind being chased by a naked Jennifer Lawrence, but yeah, yeah, I I definitely take that over the ladder. I couldn't help but like, Look and like, did they CGI her business down there to make it look not as defined? I, I don't know. Maybe was, they tried to it, hide it a little bit. Was it the know? lighting of the shot? Because I'm like, it was dark. I, it, I can't it, look, but I'm like, I'm like, where's her business? I, I can't see it. Yes, I was looking. You know? and yeah, it, and it was oh, there, but it wasn't there. So you know, because yeah. I mean, she's showing everything, but yet it didn't look like everything was there. So I wonder. If it was the lighting or they did some CGI work there to maybe cover it up a little bit. Maybe um, so, man. And, uh, but you know, it, it was, it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely uh you know, it's, and we talked, it's not like one of those, uh, you know, 40 year old virgin anchorman stepbrother type. Um, it's, it's definitely a, a cutesy comedy um, and uh, you know, the rom-com type, but it's a, uh, you know, it's different from what you, you normally see. I feel like, 
Um, and uh, very, very well done by uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She, pro- I know she produced uh, on the film and she thought it would be hilarious adding that scene in there. And, uh, and it worked. She, she was right on. Oh, it, it worked. As they say, thank you for your cervix for the salute. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, um, yeah, man, I'm, I, I don't even know what the hell to talk about the rest of the show. Oh, but yeah, I do. I, so I, I watched that and, um, it was fun. I, um, I, I re, I don't want to say talked about, we already did a whole episode on my rewatch in the Jones doll destiny. And I actually mm-hmm. found myself enjoying it more the second time. It's, it's, and I'll just say this real quick about it. We'll move on. But, uh, you know, movies like that, we've talked about this before, high expectations for these yeah. like sequels for movie characters we adore. So the first time you watch it, you're, you're, you're trying to take it all in and you you enjoy it, but maybe you don't pick up on everything and maybe you're too harsh on things or whatever. And the second time I watched it this week, I, I sat back and I, um, I found myself kind of just enjoying it more in the first time. Um, it is a little, different than the other Indiana Jones adventures in the fact that it's slower because he is older. You can't have the rip roaring fast paced adventures of a young Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. But I think I appreciated it that more the second time watching it. I, I understand that it's about his character and about him being part of his own history. And I, and I think I picked up on that more the second time watching it and I, I really enjoyed it again. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, it's a good send off for him. And then this week I came across, and and I'm going to, you know, I've I've, I've gone through the motions here. I've gone through my manhood of being feared, feared and scared in an elevator to being perverted and watching Jennifer Lawrence naked to being. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the soft side of Mark now, and I I came across this anime and uh, called my dress up darling. Um, it was some I came across it on a Twitter feed or something. I don't even really I don't even really know how. I was like, no, that's not, I'm going to watch this. It's on Funimation. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's probably on Crunchyroll since everything's slowly probably. moving over to, everything's slowly moving over to Crunchyroll. Cause I know it's Funimation pretty much has only the popular stuff up left. So I'm, I, I, I heard January. It's all going to move over. Funimation is going to go away. So a few more months. Um, but anyway, so, so I pulled it up on there. It's only 12 episodes. It's based on a manga of the same name. And it's essentially about this boy who is, um, very introverted because he keeps to himself. He's a, uh, he makes henna dolls and he was traumatized as a child because someone severely made fun of him for it. And so he just went about his business. He helps his grandfather's henna shop and he makes the dolls and, and he loves it. And he, and he, that's what he does. And he just learns to accept that he's not going to have a whole lot of friends because of it. And, and he's kind of come to the terms with that. So he, he, this girl in school who's very popular and, and she finds out that he does this and she thinks it's cool. And he's just absolutely shocked that this very popular girl would even give him the time of the day. And she's really into wanting to become a cosplayer. And she asked him like, you think you could help me? You know how to do this kind of stuff. Maybe you can help me sew and all this. And, and he's like, sure. And at first he doesn't know what to make of it. He's like, man, why does this girl want me to help her? You know, she's super popular. And, um, but they end up blossoming into a wonderful friendship and they're in high school over this whole summer in between their junior and senior years. And, and they, it blossoms into more than a friendship before they get to the end of the summer. They realize they spent the whole summer together cosplaying and, and doing wonderful adventures together throughout the summer. It's hilarious. There's a lot of really funny stuff in it. It also plays on the ideas of high school sexuality and, 
and uh, discovering love for each other and discovering puberty and yourselves and stuff. But it's done with such grace that it's not dirty or nasty. It's, it's handled very maturely. But it mm-hmm. also is played for laughs a lot of times where one time he gets a boner and, and they don't show it. But you know what happens and it's really played for kind of a laugh. Um, cause she's always dressing kind of like, uh, trying clothes on. So she's partially naked in front of him and things like that. And then she's all like, I don't understand what your big deal is. It's not the big deal. You know, and he's over there like a guy being, Oh my God, what are you doing? Put some clothes on. And he's freaking out. <laughs> and so it's played for laughs. And, and then, and, and it ends with a, just a wonderful scene that, uh, if anyone's ever been in love, we've all done this where you're, you're on the phone late at night, you're talking to her or him. And you're, you're, you're talking each other to sleep because you don't want to, you don't want to go to bed. Right. We, we've all been there. And, and, yeah. uh, and the season ends with a wonderful m- note where she's talking to him and he's falling asleep on the phone and, and she simply tells him, you know, I love you. And she had never told, they had never told that to each other throughout the uh, entire, entire 12 episodes. And it's, it's super cute and super adorable and extremely well-written. Um, one of the best comedy romantic anim- animes I've ever seen. And, and yes, it's maybe not something that sounds like a guy would watch, but it's, it's so well done is was hard. I mean, 12 episodes blew fly fast. Um, like Jackie, your wife would really like it. I think she'd appreciate it and she'd appreciate the comedy in it. And it, it's fine. You'd probably like it too, man. It's really well. She's done. been getting into, uh, to anime. She went and saw, um, she saw, she saw Nausicaa, um, in theaters, um, when studio, uh, Ghibli, uh, fest was going on and re-releasing, uh, certain films in theaters. Right. And uh, she she started watching uh, stuff like Spirited Away. Um, she yeah. watched uh, Howl's Moving Castle with me, uh, and I think she watched yeah. And she watched uh, Grave of the Fireflies um, as well. Yeah. And uh, she's she started to gain more appreciation for anime. So that might be something she checks out. Yeah, because I know you have a Crunchyroll Funimation account. I'm sure, right? And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah got but to. It's but it's called My Dress Up Darling. It was originally only planned as one season, but they are making a second season because it was so popular and did so well. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a second season coming, and um, just really, really good, man. Uh, I was I really enjoyed it. Just was looking for something different to watch, and and I definitely found it. And. Uh, that's really other than Ahsoka episode three. That's really all I watched this week, and uh, we'll get to Ahsoka here in just a moment. Man, but speaking about anime, this is a tangent. Uh, have, you know, I was uh, I was looking at um, you know I wanted to get myself something for my birthday, and uh, I didn't want to spend too much, and so you know I was thinking of like some Funko Pops that I hadn't gotten in a while, and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to order a Vash the Stampede uh, Funko Pop. And uh, so I went on eBay, found one for like $10. And uh, I was looking at Vash the Stampede stuff, and I saw that he th- they had a a decently made cosplay outfit of his um, for like 50 bucks, which it used to be like like 150 because whenever I had hair, you know, I thought about <laughs> cosplaying as, as Vash at one point. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really cheap. And then so I like just started searching and I was like, what's this other weird like sweatpants hoodie type, you know, outfit that says it's Vash's. And I'd completely forgotten that they like redid the animation on Vash the Stampede to where he looks like, uh, you know, like a pop singer or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, I forgot they did that. I was like, have you seen the new episodes? I haven't. I'm, maybe they're uh, good, I, and I'm just I've being weird. I've seen pictures of them, but I haven't watched them. 
I'm just yeah, like, I man, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like the, the look. Maybe the anime is good. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, maybe it's well, solid. And going back a little bit to my dress up darling is, you know, that's a really popular thing right now in, in Japanese anime is coming of age stories. Yeah. I remember you telling me that a real big movement for coming of age stories lately. And I, and I've noticed that there's a lot of them like that and that's kind of their thing. Um, but it's, it's good. It's really well done. You should, you should give it a watch. I might give it a watch. You know, I definitely need something something new to new it's to watch. Fun. It's really well written and, and it's really funny. You'll find yourself really laughing quite a bit. As you I know, you like guys, you long say I'm tough on comedy, and I am tough on comedy. But my dress up darling literally made me laugh several times throughout the twelve episodes. I have to check it out. Might be it something made, Jake watches too. Uh, I wouldn't let Jake watch it. It's a little, no, no, a little too mature themes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's definitely it's. There's not language, but just very adult themes. Okay, situations, sexuality, and situations. Yeah, I definitely. It's it's. If it was a live action movie, it's enough anti to be rated R. So yeah, it's definitely a little bit high mature level. Awesome, man. Well, I didn't I didn't check out much this week. There was an expansion on on Destiny that I um, started, uh, you know, messing around with on on Lightfall, and then there's a. There's another expansion that's on a pre-order and uh, I've kind of gotten back into playing destiny. I, you know, played a bit of that. Uh, I watched one more episode of Babylon five. Didn't, you know, what's crazy is like last week I, you know, I was, I felt like I I had less free time, uh, but I managed to watch a lot. Uh, And this week I just been, been doing a lot. Uh, But, you know, of course uh, we talked before the show, we watched, uh, I ordered, uh, dial of destiny i went ahead and bought it digitally and watched again and you know i like it uh one thing i, I did notice and i made this comment to uh my wife i was like man you know uh you know we get these movies of our heroes coming back out why do all of them have a failed personal life now i was like do we have to have them have like all have failed personal lives was like han solo failed personal life luke skywalker failed personal life uh, you know, Indiana Jones failed personal life. I was like, can't they just be like, okay, you know, like, they don't have to fail. You know, can't they just be, you know, normal? Like they're just, you know, they just have coffee and then whoop, get whooped up into another adventure. That's a good point. I mean, even, even, uh, even Tron legacy, I mean, Flynn's son was, you know, estranged from his dad. His dad was stuck in the digital world, you know? So yeah, it's like, they're never just like, Oh, let's have a happy sequel 20 years. Yeah. Ago. And I don't think Indian, Indiana Jones was as miserable as some of them, but yeah, I could see that, you know, um, why did, why does the dad have to show up and be like, look, I know I failed as a father. That's my Harrison yeah. Ford uh, impersonation, you know? Yeah. It was the one armed man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why can't, why can't they just have like a normal, ish kind of you know post you know uh you know post height of their career era i don't know but i guess that's just what they're doing now maybe for more dramatic effect well yeah that's what i'm gonna say from a storytelling perspective it's always uh you you look up to your heroes the most when they're down you know i guess um so from a from a writer standpoint a storytelling standpoint it's a lot easier to write a story that brings a hero back up than is to keep them level and happy the entire time. Yeah. Fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assumption. 
Because, I mean, you think about every, I mean, it's just like, even with superheroes. I, th- I, I thought about this when watching Blue Beetle. And it's very similar to what you said. I was trying to think, is there a superhero out there that's not born from tragedy? I'm trying to think of one. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, it's, it's just such a superhero trope that they're born from tragedy. You know, uh, in some ways. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, whether it's Batman. Wolverine. Batman, don't know his past. Yeah. yeah. Their parents are dead or a member of their family is dead. Or or if you're Captain America's case, you wake up 80 years later and everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, you start thinking about that. What superhero is not born from tragedy? You know. So, yeah. What about that superhero from, uh, you know, from the boys where he has the giant wing, you know? Anyway, <laughs> it's too huge. I have to have penis reduction surgery. It's horrible. You just I can't fit it in this these pants. J Lo naked. J Lo naked. J Lo. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for the boys. I think we're supposed to get like it's supposed to come out like uh, December or something like that, uh, yeah, like November. We'll see. Delays. Yeah. Hopefully that gets settled. Um, but, um, other things that I watched, I saw a promo and I'll go at, you know, I know we don't usually talk about old movies, but I hadn't seen this movie in a while and it's super iconic. You know, we talked, did a lot of Tom Cruise as of lately. And I went ahead and I bought uh, risky business cause it was on sale for $7 and the wife hadn't seen it. I was like, have you ever seen risky business? Was I was like, streaming anywhere. Um, it probably was, but I saw it was uh, streaming, and I told I told my wife the story, and I'll tell the story here because you know while on the subject of I think it's an uh, okay movie. It's you know it's all right. It was the first sex scene I ever saw as a kid. It it looked like it. You know, my parents said I wasn't supposed to watch the movie, so, so when I did, in other words, that means it's the first time Matt popped chub. <laughs> yeah, I had to. You know, my parents could tell if I was up in the living room watching a VHS uh, because the light would be on. And my dad was like, was like super. Yeah. Back. And they're loud as hell. But my dad, I, it was weird. You could make noises. But if the light was on, he could see it underneath the doorway. It would like trigger him while he was asleep. So I had to put like a towel at the bottom of their door and I'd, uh, I'd put on the VHS and watch this thing. And I was just like, oh, Rebecca Dumornay. You know, she's not like, she's cute, you know, and everything, but she's not, you know, she's not like how women are built now. But, you know, at the time I was like, oh my God, whoa, whoa. She's like, she's getting it. Whoa. You know, this is wow. And uh, yeah, so I had to tell, I told Jackie, I said, yeah, this is the first uh, sex scene I ever saw. And she's like, I I have to see this. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a funny story. I know that Jackie look, I know that you got it. Uh huh. It's 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 a pretty good one. It's it's definitely one that I've I've thought about you know maybe doing as a birthday pick at one point, but it's far down the list. Uh, it's I mean it's got the iconic Tom Cruise dancing around in his underwear to old time rock and roll. The ladies love that, of course. Uh, and it's got uh, Cipher from uh, the Matrix in there. He's the bad guy, and you know he makes all this money off of pimping, and then he has well, to the, the pimp you know, hits that's him up the, for that money by taking a shit. <laughs> well, that's the biggest problem with that movie is that it's such an eighties trope of a film. There's so oh, many definitely like that in the eighties and it's just like, yeah, you know, and, it, and that movie, yeah, 
was a modest success. I think it became a bigger success on home video thanks to his success with Top Gun and other movies. Yeah. And it just had that iconic scene, really. If if anyone, you, you, you mentioned Risky Business at all, I think they immediately think of that scene with Tom Cruise. Uh, and that's... The bus scene? I mean, oh, yeah, that was... I mean, I yeah. Like the bus scene, but, you know. Yeah, there's like someone in the corner and Rebecca's like, you know, unzipping Tom's pants, lifting up her dress, yeah. getting busy on the train. <laughs> yeah. And, um... Before we completely lose this show, yeah, let's, uh, talk about Ahsoka episode three. Yes, um, you know, first off, I like the fact that they are not just putting this out at midnight. I like the fact that it's specifically eight p.m. Eastern or our a time. A few hours to watch it. Yeah, it's it's almost like back when I kind of miss sometimes when I knew that Lost was on Sunday nights at nine o'clock. Everyone's tuned to ABC to see what happens to the next adventures of the members of the airplane on Lost. Mm-hmm. Now, and Lost to me was one of the last shows I remember being um, scheduled viewing. And you talked about it on Monday morning with people at work, like, "Hey, did you watch Lost last night?" You know. Mm-hmm. And and now with the advent of DVR and streaming, um, shows don't get that as much anymore. They're like, "Hey, were uh, you able to watch?" Not. Were you able to watch Breaking Bad yet this week? Oh, yeah, I got on my DVR. I'm going to watch it tonight. Or, you know, were you able to watch the latest episode of Ozark? Oh, no, man, I, I haven't turned on Netflix in a few days, you know? So you don't get that anymore. So I kind of mm-hmm. like the fact that Disney is trying this by making people know it's out on Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock our time. So it's kind of bring, maybe you'll bring back some of that required viewing. Tune in, you know, it's on so you don't get spoiled for you. You can talk about it on Wednesday morning. Um, and that's what we did. Me and, me and the boys, we got ready Tuesday night. I think we tuned in about eight fifteen a few minutes after it was available, and we started watching it. And uh, man, this was a really uh, first off. I love the fact that Dave Filoni and crew have made this show as a true sequel to Rebels season five, basically of Rebels, and they aren't apologizing and they don't give a fuck. If you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, you kept up with it great. If you're not a hardcore Star Wars fan, you're a little confused with what's going on. Sorry, you better catch up. Oh yeah, and I like that. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, and this episode was action-packed. Uh, I like the fact that one thing I felt in the first two episodes, because I rewatched them also, was that the relationships between Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hera obviously were a little um, muddled from whatever happened in the last few years from the Battle of Endor till now. But mm-hmm. it seemed like in this third episode, they're trusting each other a little bit more and have a little bit more fun. Um, and, uh, and a really good uh, space sequence as... Ahsoka and Hera are trying to get to the, and Ahsoka and Sabine, I mean, are trying to get to this planet to track down the ship that they put the tracker on. Meanwhile, Hera's having to play politician with a bunch of pussy-ass Republic members that basically don't want to do shit because they are in denial that war is inevitable. Um, <laughs> and we get to see a good old Mon Mothma. My biggest problem with that scene is why Mon Mothma did not stand up for Hera. She's known Hera for 20 years now. And yeah. she just stood by while these Republic members are like, oh, no, let's not do anything. The Mon Mothma that we've gotten to know through Andor and everything else, I just, for some reason, it felt out of place for her to not stand up for Hera. Going up there with, like, uh, like, Ga- uh, yeah. like, what, like uh, Gandalf when he went to Gondor. Where are yeah. Gondor's armies? But War is at your doorstep. Did it not feel like a different Mon Mothman than we when we saw in Andor? It just felt like, wait, mm-hmm. where's the Mon Mothman? There would have been some trust. Yeah. You know, and um, so that was a little weird. 
But, uh, but you know, it's a small part of the episode. And because as we know, once a rebel, always rebel. Ahsoka and Sabine are going to do what they have to do anyway. And they end up uh, almost getting shot out of the sky from Morgan's uh, space ring combat thing they're trying to build so they can try to find Grand Admiral Thrawn. And so they have to land on this planet. And uh, before they do uh, get killed, and of course, it's to be continued till the next episode from there. But uh, I, I gave a kind of a nutshell review of it. But overall, I mean, I thought it was a really action-packed, fun episode. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm really liking the series so far through three episodes. Yep, I was I was hoping to get more uh, banter uh, between uh, Sabine and uh, Ahsoka whenever Sabine was in the uh, in the firing chair, and uh, you know if she gets one, be like, "Good job!" and she goes, "Woohoo!" you know, or whatever, you know. There was some, but I felt like there there would have been more. But I guess you know because Ahsoka had to run out there and and start deflecting laser fire and and taking out ships with her lightsaber. Uh, you know, maybe that part, you know, had to get cut short. That was cool. I was like, Oh, cool spacesuit, dude. And And then the training, a little bit, you know, some Jedi training there. Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest thing too. Like I still, to this day, don't understand why people complain about the Leia scene in the last Jedi where she gets blown out of the ship and she's able to bring herself back to the ship. They act like that was new. If you've read comics or seen Star Wars stuff over the years, it's not the first time we'd seen a Jedi in space. Now, granted, Ahsoka had a, a spacesuit on, but yeah. it's it can be done. Rian Johnson has even said that in interviews. He goes, have you not read Star Wars comics? This is nothing new. Mm-hmm. They they can control their body to, to hold their breath for a few minutes and bring themselves back into safe, safety. And I don't want to get a last Jedi tangent, but... That scene never bothered me from the moment I've seen it, but I always see these fans that want to hate on Last Jedi so hard complain about that specific scene. I'm just like, look, everyone loved it when Yoda says there is another, you know, then and then whenever she shows, you know, the qualifications of being the other, they're like, oh, oh, this is bullshit. It's bullshit. Man, come on. Just. You know, I can understand, I can give some concessions to, you know, some complaints that Star Wars fans have, and I may agree with some of them, but that one I, I, yeah, yeah I don't agree with. But, uh, but man, Ahsoka so far is, it's, uh, and you know, I went back and I rewatched the trailer you know, for Ahsoka, and it looks like the trailer is everything's from the first four episodes, except for maybe a shot of Thrawn, unless Thrawn shows up this week. Because, like, the, in the trailer, there's definitely scenes that looks like Ahsoka and Sabine are going to get into a fight with Balin and the uh, yeah. other chick this week. But, man, they don't show much. Almost everything in the trailer is the first three or four episodes. I think that's kind of cool. So maybe they're saving some real surprises for us uh, later on in this show. Oh, yeah. Spread it out throughout the season. And uh, I'm digging it, man. I, I still stand by my, my – you know, someone said, well, if Merrick is Ezra, then how did Ezra get out – of the zone that he was in and Thrawn in it. And I'm like, well, maybe that'll be explained. Yeah. You know, that, of, of why, but I'm really, I can't help but think that, that Merrick, it, it just makes sense that he's possibly Ezra in, in disguise or, or Ezra's planned all this himself, you know? Um, yeah. Cause even went back and watching the fight between him and Ahsoka, it feels like he's holding back and Ahsoka even looks at him the way he holds his lightsaber and everything. Um, I did think it was cool to see her and Kanan's son, Jason. Um, of yeah, course, that was people, cool. 
the name Jason is familiar to people that used to read the old books. It was Jason Solo, was Han Han's kid. Um, my only thing with that was he felt like he should have been a little bit older. Um, and so a small beef because if Rebels was about two years before Star Wars, then the whole Star Wars saga is about seven to eight years, right? And then we Ahsoka is about six years after Battle of Endor because Mandalorian is mm-hmm. about six years also. So that's six plus seven to eight. That's 14 in two years. for The, the kid, I, shouldn't he be about 15 or 16? Um, so should small be in his beat. teens. Yeah, I just felt like the kid should be a little bit older. Um, but, you know, it's okay. It's fine. Um, and a cool little thing is that people didn't notice that he was wearing Kanan's jacket. Uh, I don't know. Ah. A nod to his father. So I thought that was cool. That is um, cool. But overall, man, I, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait again until Tuesday night. See where the show goes next. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I think, uh, I, you know, if, if the little clips that we've been getting are indicative of anything, maybe we do get Thrawn. Maybe we do get a little snippet of Thrawn. That'd be pretty cool. Yep. I'm looking forward to it, seeing what they do with it. Um, all right. Well, let's get into today's feature film. We are, uh, well, no, not yet. We have one, we do have one bit of news because news is still slacking with, uh, the strikes and everything, but yeah, a little stifle. We, we, we'd be dismissed if we don't talk about Arlene Sorkin, who was the voice of Harley Quinn. Oh, uh, she yeah. passed away this week at age 67. Um, you know, and you know, um, sometimes voice actors don't get enough credit. You know, we, we know the big ones, you know, we lost Kevin Conroy last year, of course. And, and, uh, you know, but she, uh, she brought Harley to life, man. And, um, you know, without her, we don't have the iconic voice that Harley's known for today. That's been brought to life by Kelly Kyoko now in the uh, current animated series. Mm-hmm. Brought to life by uh, R- Margot Robbie, fantastically in live action. Um, you know, and then when they made the Batman and Harley Quinn movie, um, animated movie where they brought Bruce Tim back, you know, they brought in different voice actors for that. And people felt like, well, that wasn't really fair. They brought Kevin Conroy back. Why did they bring Arlene back? And that was kind of a, a kind of a, uh, a hit against her, which seemed unfair why she didn't come back to do Harley that time. But, uh, but she passed away this week and, uh, you know, we have her voice to remember by just iconic voice actress, uh, doing Harley Quinn. Yeah, man. She did, a definitely one of those people that helped bring Harley to life. And anytime you heard her voice, uh, you know, depicting Harley, you knew, you knew who she was. Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't see her face, you knew her voice. Yeah. So, Rest in peace. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, so let's uh, let's get into today's featured film, man. This is a movie that uh, um, was made in, in came out in nineteen eighty eight. All star cast of characters, and and I rewatched it this week. I kind of forgot a little bit about the uh, weird, trippy, almost uh, drug induced opening sequence where it introduces the actors. Yeah, so, uh, I kind of forgot about that. But the but the movie is Young Guns, and uh, it's a, a postmodern Western um, telling the tale of Billy, the kid, and the regulators based on the, uh, and it, it's, it's when I say postmodern, what I mean by that is it's a Western, but yet it uses a lot of guitars and rock music for the soundtrack, um, which even more so in the sequel, but in the first one, just like, it's not your standard Western musical score. So, um, but that doesn't make it not a fun movie. This movie, it starts out essentially this movie is about a, um, the story of a, yeah, what's the uh, Terrence Stamps character? Uh, John um, John Tunsil. Tunsil, who uh, takes young men in and, and puts them to work, and men that are struggling out there in the old west. And uh, 
So he takes in a young man named Billy, and um, and but Tunsil is in some trouble with some people who um, don't agree Murphy. with him. Murphy, yeah, Murphy. He, Murphy wants to buy all the land in the area and take things over, and uh, but so he ends up killing Tunsil, and um, the Billy and the and they call themselves the Regulators, the people that work for Tunsil. Uh, they decide they can't let this go, and and so Billy wants to encourage him to go after Murphy and these men, and and the regulators are at first, you know, are led by Charlie Sheen's character of Dick, and and he's like, oh, I, I don't know if that's a good idea. Basically, you know, may, maybe we just poke back at him a little bit, but poking back ends up turning into uh, killing some of them um, because Billy gets a little uh, little gun crazy, and we get to see the makings of Billy the Kid, and uh, so essentially this story goes on to tell them how they become outlaws as uh, mm-hmm. Murphy's men continue to hunt them throughout the film, but then they still want to go after Murphy. Um, and this movie definitely plays on the ideas of how the legends of Billy the Kid, you know, the fact that his legend kept growing and growing, the fact that he was a bit of a uh, stick of dynamite, uh, short-tempered, willing to do anything. Um, the legend of him being almost invincible and unstoppable. And, and this movie even goes out of its way several times. It's probably the most distracting thing from the film is it goes out of its way several times to, to make sure the viewer knows that Billy, the kid is nuts and crazy and and his legend continues to build. Um, So sometimes that causes the film to maybe lose its focus because of that reason. Um, But it doesn't make it for a not enjoyable or bad film because actually this film is pretty darn enjoyable. It's not a great movie. Pretty entertaining. Um, it yeah. means a bad film. It's a very, very entertaining film. It's a good way to put it. Um, with some actually really good performances. Emilio Estevez is actually really good and fun as Billy the Kid. Um, Lou Diamond Phillips gives a really good performance as Chavez. Uh, there's even some scenes in it that are kind of played for somewhat laughs where they uh, Chavez gives them the medicine and they go into the spirit world. And yeah. It's kind of played for some kind of funny laughs. And, uh, but then the movie also can be a very ultra violent at times too. <laughs> um, you know, in fact, I kind of forgot, like I, for some reason was thinking this was more PG 13. I'm like, wow, this is uh, pretty violent. You know, um, lots of close up gunshots to the head and things like that. Oh yeah. Especially whenever Billy, you know, accuses one of the guys that left Murphy's men to join them when he suspects that he's going to lead them into a trap. Yeah. He blows them right through the right through the skull, right in front yeah. of everybody. And uh, but overall, though, um, had, you had you you'd seen this before, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I saw yeah, it in like the nineties. Yeah. Um, what do you overall think about Young Guns? I I think it, it starts off slow. You know, yeah, it, it develops. Yeah, you got to develop the roster, who the regulators are, what they do. Uh, Tunsil, Murphy, and and their. Uh, aggression towards each other. Well, really, Murphy's aggression towards Tunsil. Tunsil really doesn't care about Murphy. Right. Murphy, he's like, you do what you want. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And he's like, well, I don't like competition, basically. And he's got the fucking sheriff in his pocket. And I didn't know that Billy Kid. Well, I, I guess every outlaw has a crew, but I didn't realize that they were called the Regulators. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe that didn't, you know, stay with me the last time I watched it. But it's uh, it starts off slow and then develops and uh, it has um, pacing issues in between the action and uh, action. I feel like you know, whenever the uh, couple of the guys get married and fall in love right. and then one of the guys goes and sees his mom, who's a hooker, which is weird. Um, isn't that a 
you know, the guy with the, with the lever action rifle at the end, I forget his, his name. He was the one that called a Emilio Estevez hog boy. Yeah. um, Dylan McDermott's character. Yeah. McDermott. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but then the end is like, you know, wow. You know, it's 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 pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it. Um, I think, uh, you know, of course, justice gets served at the end and you get the, uh, the ending of what happened to Billy the Kid after that, uh, if, if that's true. Because what some people say that he, uh, he w- really didn't get arrested and that he didn't die. He right. lived on somewhere else. Um, so that's a whole other story. But yeah, you can see why this movie made four times its, its budget back. It, you, know, it, you had some Brat Pack members in there. It had a lot of star power. Yeah, a lot of star power. For the, for the 1988, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a young Charlie Sheen, Sutherland, Chavez. Yeah, Charlie Estevez. Sheen's coming off the tune, which was a huge hit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you had Lou Diamond Phillips, who had just done uh, La Bamba. Yep. And, uh, uh, crap, the uh, the other, man, that, that movie where he's in school, I forget what, what the movie was called, but it was two low budget films. And then he gets right. into this one, which is a higher budget film. And yeah, he really establishes himself as, uh, you know, pretty much as he puts it, the ethnic member of the Brat Pack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, uh, they had him sing, uh, La Bamba every night, whenever they got drunk. Right. I thought that was funny. He always talks about how, uh, Emilio was such a prankster and he sent them all uh, cow patties and these little envelopes that made it look like they got them from the studio um, because they used like the same envelopes, I guess when everyone opened up, it was cow shit. Uh, so I thought that was pretty friggin' hilarious uh, to hear. And it somehow doesn't surprise me. He looks like one of those, you know, guys that would be a little uh, immature and, and childish and, and play those kind of pranks. And people forget uh, that Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are brothers too. Really? Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Martin Sheen's her father. Yep. Wow, man, spreading must be different moms, huh? Um, I can't remember the reason why they had a different last name. It was or something, but yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, I, I guess I can kind of picture a resil- a resemblance between the two. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, they definitely look alike. I think um, the weirdest scene in this movie for me is the Charlie scenes character of Dick. Whenever they're the the gunman. The bounty hunter comes for them, right? Yeah, the badass dude that's taking them all on. He goes, cover me. I I have a hard time why he just walks out in the middle of the open. All squared up. Yeah. squared up and he gets all shot up. And I'm like, wait, this is stupid. He's not even going sideways and trying to like. He just basically gets shot up. And I'm just like, no one else in the crew thought this was a bad idea. You're just going to run out there, Dick, and get yourself killed. Yeah, it's um, like okay, we can't all take them, so I'm going to go by myself, right? And you know, just see different. how it goes. <laughs> we're, we're, but but that said, though, the, this director—I I don't know who directed it—but uh, you know, he's he's his action sequences are really good. I think they're really well shot for the time. Uh, we talk about the sequence at the end. And this movie attracted Terrence Stamp and, Char- and Jack Plants to be in it too, which tells you something. They they thought it would be a good movie to do, and um, so it's got a lot of good actors in it. Uh, now the sequel that came Christopher out- Kane. Okay, the sequel that came out a few years later does play more on that legend of whether Billy survived or not. Um, you know, and and 
In fact, the sequel has an old man telling the tale that could be Billy the Kid. Because a lot of legend has it was, did Pat Garrett kill him or did he not? You know, and uh, mm-hmm. and from what I remember reading right, I definitely know that the character of Doc and the character of Chavez are based on real characters also. Not sure about the rest of his crew because the history books apparently don't say a whole lot about Billy's crew, but they were called the Regulators. And um, and there was a character named Doc and a character named Chavez. And um, there were more, but this is right. you know the main ones. It down. And a lot of the stories about Billy too, like it, there's no known fact whether he killed five men or twenty five. Some people believe he only killed two or three men, but then there's some legends that had said he's killed twenty five to thirty men. So the the legend of Billy the Kid definitely grew over the years as to how many people he actually really did kill. Yeah, um, you know. Pat Garrett. I think they make a reference to that in the movie. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Where Pat they're Garrett. like, is it this much or is it that much? Yeah. Right. Pat Garrett, you know, claims that he did kill Billy the Kid, even though there was a lot of proof that people say they never saw a body. Did he actually kill him? Did Pat have a respect for him, let him go down to Mexico and get away? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was, there, and there was a legend that Young Guns 2 is based on that there was a guy who lived in the 1940s that claimed he was Billy the Kid. You know, you can look that up. There was a guy that claimed he was Billy the Kid. So, you know, it's it's plausible. Back then, you know, things like that could happen. You know, it was a lot easier to cover up your death and, and to re, remake yourself back then than it is now. You know, so it, it, yeah. it could be. People were joining the draft underaged. You know, it was easier to, to falsify your, your age and your records and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing this week watching Young Guns got me thinking like, uh, why is Hollywood, I'm not saying remake Young Guns because it doesn't need to be remade, but why is there not a big budget, big time Billy the Kid movie made? You know, you think of all the Western characters we've had over the years, you know, we've had the outlaw Jesse Wales movie made, you know, Jesse mm-hmm. James. Um, we've had a lot of great Westerns made, but, you know, it just feels like the story of Billy the Kid is ripe for a big budget Hollywood Western, you know, to be made. And I know Westerns aren't the most popular thing in theaters anymore nowadays because they're your father's films. Our dads and our grandpas watch Westerns, but I like Westerns. I really do appreciate them. I just feel like Billy the Kid is a character that could uh, be perfect for a big Hollywood uh, redo, you know? I I think he's he's overdue for a movie, that's for sure. We got this one, Mm -hmm. and we've got some, like, you know, low-budget B-films, but that's it. Yeah. We don't have a... Watch yeah. part two, which according to IMDb, part two is on Paramount Plus, but it's not. I looked. And Blu-rays are out of print. It's very hard to find on Blu-ray. It's not. You can't even buy it on Vudu digitally. Because um, I was like, man, I wanted to watch part two after watching part one, but I could not find anywhere to watch it. So maybe it'll pop up streaming somewhere soon enough. Because so, I, I enjoyed re-watching part one and uh, kind of wanted to watch part two. But but Young Guns, man, I think it's a fun movie that holds up pretty well, even almost 40 years later. Um, you know, good cast. Uh, it's well acted, uh, good action sequences. Like you said, some mm-hmm. pacing issues in the slower scenes of the film, but, uh, overall, I mean, I think young guns is a blast of a movie. Yeah. It's, it's a fun film. It definitely, if you're looking at, um, a list of, you know, maybe top five to top 10, most entertaining Western films, like fun Western films, uh, not necessarily the best ones. I think this movie yeah. is, is on that list for it's sure. Yeah, I, I, I want to go back real quick and we'll wrap it up. But I really like like the ending sequence where the house is on fire and um, they uh, and they throw the chest out. And I re- I always remember that where Billy comes out of the chest, just guns blazing. Yes. And uh, and, 
And I thought that I still think that's cool. It's still a cool sequence. You know, that was cool. I mean, compared to the John Wicks of today's action sequences and stuff, I still think that's a pretty cool idea of him coming out of the chest guns blazing. Screw all y'all. I'm going to shoot you all up. You know, that's right, man. You know, situation. It's doing what, what Dick was supposed to do, man. Just, yeah. you know, show up, you know, not go out like that. That's it. Like a bitch. Like a bitch. Young Guns, man. If you've never seen it, I watched it on Amazon's freebie app. It was on there, which is a really annoying app because I had yeah, to stop them. The I ads. To, well, that the ads weren't so annoying, but I had to stop the movie, right? Because I think I had to make dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'll finish it later. And I come back to watch it, and it started over. I'm like It didn't leave my place where I was. I was like, so I had to fast forward to find where I was. So that was a little annoying. But then I paused it again, and the second time it did stay where I left off. So I don't know why I did it the first time. So it was huh. just being a bitch. So fix your app, Amazon. Come on, yeah, you have fix it. You have, en- you have enough money. Make um, something that works. All right. So next week's film, we've uh, we've got another birthday on the horizon as Matt's going to finally turn uh, 13 and, and get his pews while watching Rebecca De Mornay on screen. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it is Matt's birthday pick next week, and uh, Matt, I will let you introduce what movie are we doing for your birthday next week? Yes, we are doing uh, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. A time of war. Homecoming. A time of tyrants. A time when the only way to uphold justice was to break the law. the courage to fight. Starring uh, Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman, oh, uh, the great Sir Alan Rickman. <laughs> and, uh, and I got to tell people, Matt Matt um, overthinks his birthday movie. He starts in about June, yeah. in about June, about three months before, texting me this idea, this idea, this idea, this idea. And I'm like, Matt, it's just a fucking birthday pick. Just pick. Like I knew I was doing a better tomorrow as 
well, I want to do better tomorrow last year, but it wasn't really available. So I've basically known since last year it was available. And when it popped up on iTunes, it was available to watch. I was like, okay, we can finally watch this. We're doing it. So yeah. I know I was doing it better tomorrow for a long time. But Matt sits there and goes back and forth and overthinks these things. I'm like, Matt, it's just a fucking birthday pick. <laughs> and, and, uh, so I basically kind of this year laid my foot down and said, look, we're just doing this movie. That's it. I was going to pick it anyways, but yeah. So, so, um, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun to talk about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves next week. Another movie like Young Guns that starts out slow as shit. And then once yes. it gets going, it's really good. Um, but the first 30 to 40 minutes of Robin Hood are like a drag. And yep. then, then, it, then it picks up and the rest of the movie, the rest of the movie I think is really great. It's just the first part of the movie is so slow. Oh um, yeah, definitely. So, After uh, they get out of the, uh, you know, out of the crusades and, and yeah. they get, into uh, Nottingham, it's like you figure out, okay, what's happening, who's who, yeah. and why, and then, okay, now we can get to the action. Yeah, so um, that's next week on the show. We'll celebrate Matt's birthday and discuss Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But yes. uh, until then, the RebelRadioPodcast.com, all your Rebel Radio needs, all your links to all the great apps that you can find our show on and our social media links. And as always, we, uh, you know, we thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And uh, continue to be safe out there. And, and until next time, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just go just there. Just go there and do it. <laughs>